Hello everyone, today we're going to be watching some Muhammad Hijab videos. Let me know how the audio is in the live chat. Make sure you like and subscribe and hit the bell notification. This is serious, by the way. You have to hit the like button, okay? Or else we can't continue. So let's look at the videos on Muhammad Hijab's channel. Um, okay, I see Music Guy, I see Susanna. Guys, let me know if the audio is good. I see the none. Um, cool. All right. So which one of these videos should we watch first? This one is too long. This is 38 minutes. This one is 5 minutes and 23 uh, seconds long. Okay, so Quran Burner gets into a fight on the street. Oh, okay, wow. Okay, this one's pretty cool. Islam and feminism in, the, in Muslim communities. Okay, that sounds pretty interesting. That's a really good candidate. It's only 7 minutes long. That's going to be good. This one... This one doesn't have Muhammad Hijab in it. This one is really good because it's two minutes only. I almost died. Then this happened. What is it going to be about? Is it going to be about the afterlife and doing things before you die? I'm assuming. Okay, what is this one? Quran, Quran burner raises money for Muslims. Okay, okay, maybe this they're going to try to show how it backfired and people are now raising money for Islam because of the person who burned the Quran. Find the keys to good. Maybe this one also. How to stop Africa westernizing. Wow, that's another good one. Ten minutes. Wow, there's so many. Oh, this is good. Message to Will Smith. This one is also eight minutes. Which one, guys? Which one should I pick? We should message to Quran Burner. Okay, Susanna saying do the message to Quran Burner. Okay, but after that, I want to do the feminism one as well. Hold on, which one is a message to the Quran burner? Oh, there we go. For only four minutes long. Also, message to Will Smith. Susanna is saying do message to Will Smith. Okay, let's do this one first. A message to the Quran burner. Let me know when I share the video. Let me know if you have the audio from the video. Well done. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. There was a. Wa alaikum assalam. Pipsqueak. There was a scumbag in Norway, him and his group were burning the Quran every single week with the permission, not only that, but the protection of the Norwegian government. In fact, our proud sponsors and friends, Islam. By the way, with regards to the Quran burning, um, in front of like uh, mosques and in front of places where Muslims gather, I think that should be legal, but I do consider that to be unethical uh, because you're forcing your, you know, people, people to see like you're making it's borderline harassment because I don't know if maybe it is actual harassment because you're making it difficult for people who don't want to see you burning the Quran you are making it very difficult for them to avoid seeing it, right? Like when I when I burned the Quran, I didn't do it in front of any anybody. I put it in a video, and anybody who sees it uh, clicks clicked on it, so it wasn't forced upon anybody, right? So I don't I don't I don't think like you know if you're going in front of a mosque or going in a place where Muslims are gathering, this is harassment. This is not just free speech. fact, our proud sponsors and friends, Islamnet, have told... Um, okay. Is my audio okay? 
lost themselves that they were being harassed by this group. Do you see this banner stating Oslo Jihad Center? We have alhamdulillah purchased this huge property to establish a masjid and community center for the Muslims Wait, in happened? Norway. And today, subhanallah, we found this banner put up by a Norwegian extremist anti-Muslim group known for burning the Quran and wanting to deport Muslims from the country. This individual, Lars Thorn, who is burning the Quran thinking that the Muslim community is somehow scared of him or something, or that this has an impact. The Quran even tells us this, I mean, quite frankly, itself. It says, Wait, did he just show the burning of the Quran on his... This in we found this banner put up by a Norwegian extremist anti-Muslim group known for burning the... Wait, is that the Quran? They're showing it on the channel, on their own channel, with no trigger warning or anything? Um, this is an Islamic channel. Muslims watch this. A lot of Muslims don't like watching, seeing the Quran burned. And you're just showing that light on air like that? Quran and wanting to deport Muslims from the country. This individual, Lars Thorn. Maybe there should be a, there should have been a trigger warning. I think there should have been a trigger warning. Who is burning the Quran thinking that the Muslim community is somehow scared. Oh, Muhammad's audio is off. Is it because, um, can I do anything about it? I think it's just. of him or something or that this has an impact the quran even tells us this i mean quite frankly itself it says just say the english that do not let those individuals who are who are running and chasing this belief upset you O muhammad this is not spreading disbelief this is different okay like you you don't even understand what's happening here this is like harassment, okay? Is that the same? Is is that the same? Like, and he's an anti-immigrant, okay? The guy is like a far-right loon who has a problem with Muslims as people who doesn't who wants to, um, you know, stop people from having being able to travel and have mobility based on the religion. How is that? How is that anything to do with spreading disbelief? We are. That Quran verse, it's about us. Okay, it's not about that guy. Chasing disbelief. But disbelief? What the, guy, what the hell? Like, you guys, like, here's the thing, okay? People like Muhammad Hijam and a lot of other Muslim preachers, okay? Did you, anything they don't like, they just call it spreading disbelief or crap like that, you know? We are, like, disbelief is literally people going out and telling you to not to believe in Islam, okay? That's us. We're doing that. Not that guy. Upset you, O Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. They will not harm Allah in the least. You read Allah. Alright, so this is good. Then we're okay. Okay, so you guys don't have to worry about Allah being damaged or any way. So can we just please let us do what we want to do? Thank you very much. That Allah wants them to have no portion of the hereafter. Okay, it's fine. You can keep all the hereafter. So. If the punishment is that we get not none of the hereafter, can we just like live in peace and you just let us attack Islam as much as we want? Okay? Because Allah will take care of it, okay? Azim, and they have a very painful punishment. Yeah. Now these it will be so painful, okay? It's gonna be so painful, you have no idea. Okay, so don't you don't need to do anything, just God is gonna take care of it, okay? We, I mean, if you are so obsessed about how painful this is gonna be for us. 
maybe 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 there's maybe it's a, maybe it's your kink okay i don't know if you could you could jack off to us thinking about what's going to happen to us in hell wait can i say that on youtube i don't know these individuals who are attacking the religion of islam are just one part of the bigger do you think it's some of their kink thinking about what's going to happen to atheists in, in the afterlife problem the bigger problem that we saw some years ago created this monster anders breivik who killed 77 people in cold blood who's now demanding more kind of privileges in his cell that the norwegian government only gave a slap on the wrist right. but i have oh susanna says oh 100 so susanna thinks that there are de definitely some people who are who are getting sexual sexual pleasure out of thinking what's going to happen to us in hell they probably would like front front row seats in heaven watching us. I have a challenge for this individual that I will educate him. Not even a challenge, just something for him. I will educate him on a Zoom meeting. I have a discussion with him. Maybe something like this. Maybe this is a challenge that you would uh, accept. Because at the end of the day, who? Wait, I'm a Quran burn. I have a, I have videos burning the Quran, so maybe I could accept this challenge. Let's see what the challenge is. Do you think you are to tr to try and burn the Quran in this manner? Try. Yeah. He didn't try to burn the Quran. He burned the Quran. Yeah? You think you're a big man? Yeah. You're nothing, brother. Yeah. You're nothing. You and your organization, you try and uh, harass our brothers at Islamnet. Well, I'll tell you what, Islamnet. And I know this because I'm in contact with the brothers are now building a masjid and dawah center. Tangible assets that the ummah can see. The money is going in the right places. And the more you... This is actually very clever, okay? So something gets news, um, gets a lot of news coverage. So Muhammad Hijab and other people are like, hey, we could milk, we could take money out of it. We have the, we have the same experience, right? So when like Muslims come after us or some Muslims come after us or when some Hindus come after us, we're like, okay like our support just went up through the roof because of the attacks so please keep attacking us right so this works both ways like muhammad hijab and other people are like even though this was not specifically about us how can we make this attack specifically about us is about like so we, how could we milk this okay so you know the quran burner and these muhammad hijab and his friends in norway they are technically allies like they're working with each other right so that Quran burner also to remain relevant, you know, he kind of needs these attacks to continue against them. And Muhammad Hijab and his buddies are also taking advantage of it. So as much as they seem like they're against each other, they're technically working with each other. Do what you do, the more we'll do what we do, which is we will raise money, more and more money. Yeah. To expand this project, and in fact, for every Quran that you try and burn, we'll raise a hundred thousand euros. Yes, hundred thousand, hundred thousand. Okay, guys. So, guys, if you want more mosques to be built, then go burn Qurans. Okay, so this is good for Islam. So, so guys, this is it has sabab. It has Allah would love it if you burn a Quran because they are they are able to raise a hundred thousand dollars for every Quran that you build burn so so then is that is within the quran burning be like a good thing now islamically thousand euros 
And so my call to action to the Muslim community is this. Burn the Qurans. Burn your Qurans. <laughs> my call to action to Muslim community is burn your Qurans because we will raise $100,000 for every Quran burn. We must make sure that Islam is strong and Aziz is mighty in every part of the world. And so this our project make sure in this holy month, this holy month, in these holy days of Ramadan that we do as much as we can. Make sure that you click on the link below and you donate as much as you can. Put as uh, they, they turn the Quran burning into a fundraising opportunity. Okay, guys, so look at this. The Quran burning campaigns and all the other, it has worked. It did decent. I endorse this. I This is good. I, I completely endorse what Muhammad Hijab is doing here, okay? Because it used to be that burning a Quran or making fun of Muhammad, it used to be very dangerous, okay? Now they're telling us that, oh, it doesn't bother them. The Muslim community is very strong. And actually, this is good because we're going to raise money for like building mosques and stuff. Okay. So mission accomplished, desensitization fully achieved. I get like, this is the kind of reaction that we're getting. Unlike before, right? You used to be like burning your Quran in public used to be a death sentence. Not anymore. They're like, they're, like, they're telling us that it doesn't bother them. Well, you're welcome. You're welcome. Okay. We did that for you. It used to bother you a lot. Now it doesn't bother you that much. Okay. So, yeah. Well, good job to us. What else can we desensitize for you? As much as you can into the matter, because this might not, this opportunity might not come knocking again. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Okay. That was good. That was good. I encourage this, you know? I, yeah, that's pretty good desensitization achieved i want to do this one that he died he almost died pk is asking if i don't follow islam but i pay for a mosque will i go to heaven no what will happen is that while you spend eternity in hell your punishments will be reduced like maybe like you'll be burned most of the time, but on, maybe on Fridays, you'll you'll you will not be burned. You will get some time off, but you will still be burned most of the time because you're not a Muslim. In hell, by the way, YouTube. I'm not encouraging burning anybody. Okay, let's go to Will Smith. Now the Will Smith one we'll do later because it's a minute. Let's do I almost died. Then we'll do Islam and feminism, and then we'll do message to Will Smith. God is saying, don't judge, you are not God. Well, I don't have to judge myself. God in his book told told me how he's going to judge. So I'm just like, I'm just, I'm just telling you the message. Okay, let's go to I Almost Died. Wait, is that how you, I've never seen anybody. Oh my God, he's so big. He doesn't fit on the bed. Look at that. That's so cute. Oh no. Oh, look at him. He has to <laughs> he has to go on the stretcher sideways. Wait, this is because he wouldn't fit if he was lying on his back. He's just so big. Oh, no. <laughs> Wait a second. So th these stretchers wouldn't. What if he was in actually injured? 
these stretchers wouldn't work for big people? That's kind of discriminatory against big people like Mohammed Hijab. But that is so cute. He's like, he's like a baby. He's like has to tuck in his legs like a little baby, like a big little baby. Oh, cute Mohammed Hijab. Yeah, yeah. So like he looks like a little boy crawled up in a bed. Yeah, I, <laughs> that's that's actually kind of cute. <laughs> like I don't, you, they they planned this whole scene, but they didn't like. What the hell? This bed is too small. But they should file a complaint. Muhammad Ejo was like, "What if I was actually injured? Like these beds are not made for me. These stretchers are not made for me." <laughs> Why does he look so adorable here? God, <laughs> look at it. Like, I'm gonna pretend like I'm unconscious, and this is how unconscious people like be. Like, what is this? Oh, he's fine. Last year, Allah tested me severely. I had a near-death experience. I suffered from a rare case of pulmonary embolism. As I lay there in the hospital bed, lungs full of blood clots, contemplating what could potentially be my final moments, I feared the worst. It was not so much death that I feared, it was my preparation for it. I was not able to take advantage of the countless opportunities Allah had presented before. Uh, it's, it's so predictable. Oh my God, guys, make a video about a near-death experience. Like if you make it, if it's an Islamic channel and it's like, I had, I almost died, it's going to obviously be about, are you ready for the afterlife? You better be ready for the afterlife because death could come at any goddamn second. Okay. That has been the message. And we've heard it a gazillion times from Islamic channels, Islamic preachers. And I have heard it more than the rest of you because I grew up in an Islamic country. And this was the main theme of every Islamic book. This is the constant repetition. Like, hey, you don't know when you're going to die. Are you ready for afterlife? Okay. And every time people, are caught, oh, oh, my God, I, got, I almost got hit by a car. Oh, it made me think, am I ready for afterlife? Have I made, have I made things straight? You think you have time to do the toba? And then become proper Muslims. But do you really know? Do you think you have time? Nobody knows the hour of death. Nobody knows when they're going to die and it's going to happen. By the way, that's a whole bunch of BS, right? So this is kind of like based on luck. Like you don't know when you're going to die. So if by if you were supposed if you were planning to do Tobe, Tobe means like, what is Tobe? Asking forgiveness. Repent. If you repent before your sins. And you're like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it tomorrow. Today I'm busy, okay? And you die today. God, that, so you're gonna have to burn. You're gonna have to burn for thousands of years because you didn't do Tobe in time, right? You didn't do the, you didn't repent in time, right? But if it just what happens that you didn't have a car accident and you live, then you do Tobe and you're like, you're better off. So it's kind of based on luck. This is like, this is so random. This is like, hey, he's burning extra. No, I'm burning extra because I just I just happened to die before I could set things straight. And that guy was lucky. He had more time because he didn't die. And he, he managed to go to Hajj and wipe every, all his sins clean. This doesn't seem like a fair system. Am I missing something here?
Jesse is saying, does he still go to heaven if he dies in the fetal position, all cute like that? Well, you well, of course. Then how could like how could you not go to heaven? It's you're just too cute to go to hell. Hey, maybe that's a defense. Hey guys, if you, if you're cute, try that line in Qiyamat in the in the hour of judgment. They're like, I'm too God, I'm too cute for hell. Look at me. You can't send me, you can't send me to hell. Look at me. Come on. For me, I haven't achieved all my goals. Was I ever going to achieve them? This was my opportunity. Do the puppy eyes for Allah. Does the puppy eyes work on Allah? Just be like, Allah, you really want to, do you really want to send me to hell? Do that. See if it works. ...to be more focused and turn to Allah and work harder. In fact, this operational year was one of the most productive of my life, but I didn't do it alone. So then it's like, oh, I'm definitely getting to into Jenna. <laughs> that's, <laughs> this is, that's, that's good, Susanna, very confident. It's true, true, Susanna. <laughs> oh, by the way, Jenna is heaven for people who don't know. The insight my opportunity to be more focused and turn to Allah and work harder. In fact, this operational year was one of the most productive of my life, but I didn't do it alone. The institute that I co-founded, Sapiens Institute, has been- Oh my God, you managed to turn this to an ad as well. Somebody burns the Quran, you turn it into an ad for people getting money. You have a near-death experience of like, hey, how could I, how could I cash in on this near-death experience? Hey, are you ready for Qiyamat? I know I am. You know why? Because my website registered right now. <laughs> this is like everything is turned into an ad. Mental to this success. We have to learn. Susanna, take those. This is pretty genius. <laughs> Teamwork makes the dream work. I completed my master's in applied theology at the University of Oxford. Started my... Ah, this is falsifah. This is philosophy, haram, innovation. Ibn Taymiyyah would be like, you can't do this. This is Western philosophy, not like Eastern philosophy, not like Ibn Taymiyyah version. Wait, who's this? Who's it? Wait, I forgot what his name is. What was that other YouTuber who were calling them out on doing philosophy? This is Western philosophy. This is Haram. This is Shirk. Look at this. You're glorifying. Look, you're showing it in a positive light. You should have like, like you're, look, you're showing people how you know, sophisticated, look at, like, look at these, this is where I studied, this is where I got a degree, look at me, I have authority, because I know this stuff, okay, you shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't depict it like that, even if you want to go study it, I think it should be like, I went into the, you know, I went into the, you know, enemy lines, and I found their way of thinking, their disgusting and horrible way of thinking, you know, you can't, like, glorify Western philosophy like that. PhD. Oh, yeah, yeah. Report Sajid, Sajid, uh, Sajid Libham. Yeah, let him know. Like, look, Sajid, come, come, look, they're glorifying Western philosophy. This is not Islam. Do you really need this? You have the Quran and the Sunnah. Why do you need all of this? Is, is God, is what God have given you and what Muhammad has shown you as a way of life? Was that not good enough? Was that not good enough? You have to go and study here? No? Huh? Uh, do you know? Do you know more than God what you need? What knowledge you need? Hmm? Muhammad Ijab. Embarrassing. Philosophy of religion. Wrote my fourth book, the Burhan: Arguments for a Necessary Being. I had a. Do you need the Burhan? Wrote my. Why? Why do I need your book? I have. Why do I need the book when I have the Sunnah and the Quran? Why do I need this? Why do I need this? Is Allah's book not good enough? 
my fourth book, the Burhan, Arguments for Necessary Being. This is what he was thinking when he was having a near-death experience. Like, like when he was on the hospital bed, like he's dying. And like, if I survive this, this is going to be a good way to this. This whole experience is going to be a perfect way for me to sell my book. But yeah. I had a deep thought-provoking discussion with famous clinical psychologist Jordan Peterson, which has now garnered over 2.2 million views. I also contributed to one of the largest online video libraries addressing the many doubts and misconceptions about Islam and much more. I'm blessed to be part of this hardworking and wonderful team who have also achieved many great things this year. These achievements could not have been possible without Allah's help and the team at Sapiens Institute. I'm assuming the way that the registration is going to work or the book is going to work is going to be like a free freemium. So you get in for free and then if you want to upgrade and they use that as like a uh, up, you know, upsell. Is that what they call? So you get in free and then you for, for you to go to the next level, then they're going to ask for money or something. Is that how it works? Institute and your support. Who knows if your this will be my last Ramadan? Who knows if this will be your... See, this is always a theme. Do you know this This might be your last Ramadan? This might be your last, I don't know, time where you, you know, watched Netflix, you know, after 11 p.m. This might be the last time you had soup while your wife was upstairs and, you know, and it was four o'clock in the afternoon like there's so many things like there's so many specific this might be your last time doing this this might be your last you don't know oh my god it might die tomorrow like there's so many it might be your last times in islam you know and sometimes they get very oddly specific okay now right now this is not very oddly specific because it's saying this is might be your last ramazan but i have some i've seen some very weird this might be your last examples Oh, last Ramadan. You have the opportunity to gain the immense reward by helping us create. Some this is kind of like this is kind of like very salesy, you know. Like, hey, you might die, and are you ready for afterlife? No, take my course. <laughs> like, it's a little bit too much on the nose. Like the sales, the salesy, the sales push is like, you know, you're using your Islamic guilt trip too directly to sell to sell what you're selling there needs to be a multiple degrees of separation between guilting people about not being islamic enough and then you're selling selling them something right it can be it can be this upfront right you have to this is some very heavy marketing maybe it probably works for them but it's amazing that it works for them because usually you pull them in with the guilt and then you work on them and then eventually once they you know from the top thousand or you know, 10,000 people that are in your system, then you start selling them them. Like, hey, guilty about, do you feel guilty about not ready, being ready for the day of judgment? Buy my course. That's really upfront. Pull and develop a new generation of people to intellectually and academically share Islam. Please. This is such a great example about how religion is just like a <laughs> business. <laughs> okay, like it's like, it's just such a direct sales pitch just from Islam. Like, it's in a two-minute video. Like, if you were to show how Islam and you know other religions are industries, this is a this is a exhibit A. Like, if you want to show people how people how other people make money off of Islam, this there's a two-minute video that summarizes for you. It's right right here. The button or go to the link below and donate now. Do not. Oh my God! It's not even like free. It's not even a freemium model. It's not like. 
it's just like it's just right up front. Hey, guilty about Qiyamat? Donate right now because this might be your last Ramadan. Like I thought, like, hey, register and come take our classes for free, and then maybe they get you later. No, like donate right now if you feel guilty about Qiyamat. Jesus Christ, man. This opportunity. Okay, donate now. Start your monthly donation now. Wow. Wouldn't you wouldn't you want to say like okay, do you feel guilty about Qiyamat? Donate to starving children, maybe? You know, if you feel if you feel guilty about not bidding about uh, ready about day of judgment, if you want to make it very Islamic, go like talk about orphans. Maybe Islam is very heavy on, um, you know, has a lot of content on helping orphans. Wouldn't that be like buy my course to be ready for the day of judgment? That's kind of oh my god. I, if I was a Muslim, I would like, hey, to be ready for Qiyamah, I'd rather like use my money to help some orphans from starvation. Thank you very much. I've, I'm pretty sure that would work better. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. Yeah, and Qasim is saying, we are donating with Homs and Zakat. Why more donations? Because, Qasim, that's like mandatory. If you want to show Allah that you really care, to save your spot in heaven, then you have to go over and beyond, not just what is mandatory. Okay, let's do the feminism one and then the Will Smith one. No, the feminism one doesn't seem that interesting. You don't like it, didn't get as many views as his other videos, so I'm pretty sure it might be somewhat, somewhat boring. Okay, I'm gonna do. I'm going to do the Will Smith one first. Let me know if you think I should do the feminism one next. Or what else do we have here? Try to pseudo Salafi critique. Yeah, I think the feminism is the best one to do after the after the Will Smith one. Okay, guys, do you think the feminism? Let's do the feminism one first, and then we could do the Will Smith. Will yeah, Smith Will Smith last. Oh, he's speaking Arabic? Mm. Okay, no, he's going to speak Arabic. Never mind. I'm not going to read the entire translation. That's going to be boring. Um, how to stop Africa from westernizing. That got 45,000. What is this? Diet self-defense. Nope, I don't want to do that one. Uh, let's just do, let's just go with Will Smith. Smith, there's been a lot flying around on the internet in regards to, you know, that slap that you gave to the unformidable Chris Rock, you know, physically unformidable person, yeah? I'm sure you regret it, you've already apologized. I'm not speaking about the morality or immorality of that. I want to dig deeper into something which I feel is at the crux of the issue, which I think may be, okay, and I'm not trying to... Wait, let's guess. What is he going to tell? This is directed at Will Smith, and he's going to say that there's something deep rooted about the, the, the it, at the root of this problem. What is it going to be? It can't be as upfront about maybe you haven't accepted Islam. <laughs> is he going to, guys? What do you think? Do you think he's going to invite Will Smith to Islam in this video? That would be too upfront, but he has been very upfront. Okay, we'll we'll see. He might. 
I'm going to give it a 60% chance that he's going to invite Will Smith to Islam. But what is he going to say? What is the problem? What is the main problem with Will Smith? I'm going to try to guess. Is it um, hmm, insecurity? He's going to talk about insecurity, about the role, his role as a man in the family, probably, right? Hmm. He's going to say Will's wife is... No, no. I don't think he's going to do that. Okay, so let's let's think about this, okay? He probably makes these videos hoping that the celebrity notices it and eventually he's going to invite him to come and talk to him, okay? So this is my main prediction is that he's going to invite Will Smith to come and talk to him on his channel, okay? So he's not going to say anything disrespectful so to make sure that there's a potential for him coming on, okay? So that's my guess. But so that's why he probably actually now I'm now that I think about it, he's probably not going to invite him to Islam. So I'm going to bring that maybe to 50 percent, 50 percent. But he's going to say something nice about him. He's not going to say something. He's not going to. Yeah, because the potential of Will Smith coming and talking to him has to remain. So he's not going to say anything that is going to upset him. So what is he going to say? Is he going to say about he's going to like butter him up about how successful he is and how people look up to him maybe um, and maybe talk about how with the problems that that will cause and there's a solution from for that okay there you go there you go he's going to try to tell him there is a way to solve this the, all these things that you're feeling about not being good enough oh, okay there we go he's going to push on the fact that he's going to push on the idea that bill smith no matter he's he's chasing all these things but he's not feeling happy and content because he he always feels like he has to do more because he's not good enough. He's trying to prove something to everybody and it keeps backfiring. And he's going to maybe try to tell him that there's a way to satisfy that desire more easily without having to chase all these dreams. Okay. And he and Mohammed Hijab knows what it is and maybe they could talk about it. That would be the smart thing to say in order to like tease him to come talk to Mohammed Hijab. There you go. Diagnose you particularly, but I'm putting out there. Okay. A an issue of cognitive dissonance that you actually have. Now, cognitive dissonance for those who don't know. Oh, here's another thing. Gassim is saying he will endorse uh, his gayrat. That's a good one, Gassim. Maybe he's like, maybe he's gonna be like this whole idea of being feeling honor over like trying to keep your honor because your wife was insulted. Be, he will endorse that. Gayrat is that basically some that idea? Okay, so maybe if he endorses that and legitimizes that as a valid feeling to have, that would be a, a, another good way to kind of like um, make it easier for him to, for Will Smith if he sees this to like like this video. I maybe want to come talk to him. N North mythology is saying just play the video and we'll get it to 100%. Where's the fun in that? If you wanted to just see the video, you could just watch it on Muhammad Hijab's channel. We're just trying to see if we could understand what's going on here before it ever happens. Like we're trying to be able to analyze things. So you have if yeah, again, like if you just want to see the video, then why are you here? Just watch the video. It's right there. You could just watch it on Muhammad Hijab. Uh, you know, conflicting 
attitudes or beliefs about something, right? Which causes you uncomfort from a psychological perspective. Now, what exactly am I talking about? Look, think about it, right? You probably are a consumer of feminist ideology. And the reason why I say that is because you're in an open relationship with a woman Base. Uh, who's spoken, who's Jada, you know, who's spoken openly and candidly about polyamory. Wait, I don't know. Actually, it's not that base. I don't know if you could call it an open relationship if you have been dragged, kicking and screaming into an open relationship. Okay. That's not a real open relationship. Okay. So um, that's if for people who are into like maybe looking at open relationships, this, whatever you're watching with Will Smith, that's not a good example of it. Marie and uh, you know who's spoken openly and candidly about polyamory and uh, you know all these kind of things so obviously that discourse is antithetical to say a nuclear family you know setting or arrangement where you have a typical let's say traditional roles of males and females the man is the breadwinner the woman is the you know whatever she is and or she may have more than one role but that there is some kind of a managerial hierarchy within the household where the man is at the top of that hierarchy. You see, in the traditional roles, you have a managerial hierarchy, and the man has responsibilities, say the responsibilities of protection, <sighs> breadwinning, and so on. Protection. See, maybe he's going to endorse the fact that you were, fe you were feeling protective over your wife. This is a traditional way of looking at families. So your feelings were, oh, there you go. He's going to say your feelings were valid. You have been... Um, misled by this feminist ideology to think that this is not an okay feeling to have but with, with, even with all that feminist brainwashing your you see how tr how strong traditional traditional feelings are based on reality and based on uh, natural emotions and you experience that feeling coming and taking over you even and being able to defeat all that feminism all that brainwashing is not going to be able to change that because that's our what our true nature is, right? Maybe maybe we go that line. In exchange, the man uh, has rights, okay, as well for that breadwinning and for that protection, which are, for example, that the man is to be respected as the let's say commander in chief, the final decision maker in certain things, and uh, that of course there's exclusivity on behalf of the woman, okay, in the relationship. Only, only the woman. I'm glad he clarified <laughs> exclusivity. I'm like, wait, what? This is Islam we're talking about. On behalf of the woman. There you go. That's Islam. Uh, and in some cultures, including the Islamic culture, which I come from, polygyny is allowed. Polygyny meaning that a man can marry multiple women, but a woman, that she cannot do that. Yeah, see, that's isn't that great, Will Smith? I know you're like suffering from the, your wife being in, a, in an open relationship. In Islam, you get to do that, and she doesn't. Isn't that nice? So this is the kind of dynamic that we're talking about when we talk about traditional uh, family roles. Obviously, traditionalism is different depending on where you go or what you do. However, what I want to say to you is, think about this for a second, Will Smith, yeah? You got up and slapped a man. Okay, now I'm not talking about once again the morality of it. Or the the, the point that you felt the need to protect ah. Jada, your partner. I was right. Why do you feel a need to protect her? This oh, I was right. I was right. He's gonna say the need, the desire that you had to protect her. This speaks to the nature of how men are supposed to be. This is this 
this is an endorsement of traditional, like tradition is based on reality. Feminism and modernity are against it. This is my question. Huh. Because if you consume a second wave feministic discourse, then it's not about protecting the woman. Because really protection should be split 50-50. A woman should be able to protect herself. In fact, she should be outrightly, or sorry, downrightly, right? Um appalled at the fact that you by standing up doing what you did that she, she feels the need to be protected oh so not that you not only you had legitimate feelings because it speaks to the true nature of how people are supposed men and women are supposed to be she was also having legitimate feelings because she was like not upset that you were rent out and protected her so both of you deep down inside understand the role, the natural role of men and women. Both of you understand that. With all that brainwashing of feminism, you still understand the validity of traditional roles of men and women. Is that so? Well, he went beyond. Both of you, both of you have valid feelings. Because as a feminist, as a person who believes in equal rights, then she should get up herself. Why did she even look at you? I mean, this famously, she looked at you in a certain way. Oh, she expected you to protect her. Is it she like a strong woman? Why was she looking at you to go protect her? And you felt an expectation. But here, therein lies the issue, because therein shows the inconsistency. In a way, you need to feel like you need to uphold traditional roles. Guys! I did it! This was perfect! I am I am an as I am a, a Muslim mind reader. That's what I am. I am a Muslim mind reader. The like of which I've already elaborated upon, which can take more, more than one form in permutation. But at the same time, you feel the need to acquiesce and capitulate to a feministic discourse which indicates equality in all cases. But it's like in this case you are conflicted between two different paradigms. Mm. The traditionalist paradigm, which says that the man is the protector and that he ought to protect the woman and so on. And the feministic paradigm, which doesn't have any of that. And we're seeing the collapse. Yes, guys. By the way, feminism is when your wife is being attacked. You don't feel a need to protect her. That's called feminism, according to Muhammad Hijab. <laughs> As a tangent here, and I'll come back to the point of the feministic paradigm when it comes to the Ukraine issue right now, which I haven't spoken about because I'm not an expert on it. You'll realize I haven't released any videos because, you know, I don't want to have a half-baked analysis on anything, right? But the point is, with one thing about the Ukraine issue is that men are being forced to fight for their country and women and children can leave. Ah, oh, they're like, what happened to your equality? Huh? What happened to your gender equality? But where are the feminists to say, in fact, this shouldn't be the case because there should be equality, yeah, with men and women in this case, in terms of military, putting your life on the, literally putting your life on the line. I mean, come on, which feminists say that? It depends on your brand of feminism, okay? Because a lot of feminists do not go to this level, to, there are many feminists who do not claim there needs to be equality of outcome, okay? There just needs to be equality of opportunity, okay? So... Not hashtag not all feminists, Muhammad Hijab. And I mean, like, for example, if you have equality of opportunity, right? Um, you would assume that oh, you have, everybody has the opportunity, but men who have like more physical strength are more likely to go into armed combat. So uh, the way I would the way I would say uh, I would think would be legitimate way to do it is not 
for you to be like, oh, men go into the army and women don't have to. You're like, here are the criterias. If you could pass it, you get to join in the army. And the criterias involve for some activities in the army, not all of it, requires for you to pass phys physical strength, you know, uh, test. And if you happen to be a woman who can pass it, then good job, you're in. But just because there's physical test requirements, more men will pass it than women. So there would be equal opportunity. Okay. But you might also say like, okay, but given that we didn't have time to test, to go, get, have people go through tests, we can just assume that men, most, it would be mostly men that would be good for this job, you know, but I, you know, because we just don't have time right now to test everybody. Okay. So that would make sense at that time. Um, so we're seeing an inequality there. But I don't know if that's even true anymore. Like, do we need physical strength for the current current warfare? Like, it's not like people are picking up swords and axes and stuff like that. And, you know, like these, the, the stuff that they're carrying, to, like take out the tanks, what are they called? I forgot, they're pretty cool. Like, are they, they're not that heavy, I'm assuming. So I think this whole, I agree that maybe in the military, the whole... The, the divide between men and women being able to do the job should be like should stop you know, at, if it's not if it still exists it should be removed at some point right or, or an inconsistency there in feministic discourse it shows the entitlement that feministic discourse actually brings to the table it's not are there actually um, no feminists that would say like yes yeah, we we agree women should be should be part taking part like did anybody check that people are like, oh, where are the feminists that wanted e uh, equality between men and women? Like, did they actually went and checked that maybe there are feminists? Did they ask a feminist? Because maybe the feminists would be like, yeah, we think like women should be able to fight uh, and defend Ukraine. Like, you just assumed that we would say no. Did you ask us? About actual equality that they want to see manifest in the po political, social, and economic sphere, as they claim. It's in fact a matter of getting as much as you can through entitlement as possible. And this is why I think it's happening in your relationship, by the way. Yeah. So you are conflicted between the traditionalist protective role. Get my wife's name out of your effing mouth. Why do you feel the need to say that very loudly? Why do you, why? Because you feel like you need to protect her. But once again, the protective aspect of a relationship. Yeah. is not required in a feministic relationship. Okay, yeah? you said that. If already. you're walking in the street and someone tries to fight Jada, she should fight. She should defend herself. She should. Def is that feminine? Is that really feminism, though? Feminism and like, oh yeah, I'm I'm being robbed. Um, I want to ask for help, but I'm a feminist. Feminists can't ask for help. Like, there's a strong man over there, and I could like shout and be like, "Hey, sir, please help me. I'm being robbed, but I'm a feminist." And I believe women be strong, so I should be able to defend myself. So I'm not going to ask that man for help. Is that really feminism? Which feminists believe that? <laughs> I think this is a major straw man of feminism. Defend herself. This should be what it is. I want to give you another thought experiment. Now, assume it wasn't Chris Rock that was speaking on the, you know, that you slapped or you, you, you hurt him. Yeah. Assume it was a woman that you slapped. I assume like feminism was like, can I can I also be able to vote, please? Thank you very much. I thought <laughs> that is feminism, not like I'm not going to ask for help from a strong man while I'm being robbed. I don't I think that's a very different thing.
assume it was a woman comedian, yeah? Like she was on there and she was, and then you slapped her. I believe that the social reaction of these feminist lefty people that I've seen a lot of their kind of articles to see their social reactions, yeah? Would have been completely different. Right. Like, the fact that many feminists have not considered this, yeah? Or lefties or whatever, people on the left in American politics that have put on these opinion we've seen these kind of like you know new york times opinion uh, articles and so on we've seen these kinds of things yeah where, where it's not being condemned in the way that it should be but the question is why or sometimes even apologetic way wait what happened if what happens if you were a... like the fact that many feminists have not considered this you know, she was on there and she was and then you slapped her I believe... Wait, is he saying if it was a woman, you wouldn't be condemned? Am I misunderstanding? The social reaction of these feminist lefty people that I've seen a lot see? of their kind of articles to see the social reactions, yeah? Would have been completely different. Well, yeah. Like, well, the well, fact different that how? many feminists have not considered this, yeah? Or lefties or whatever. People on the left in American politics that have put on these opinion... We've seen these kind of like, you know... New York Times opinion uh, articles and so on. We've seen these kinds of things, yeah, where, where it's not being condemned in the way that it should be. But the question is why? What's that being condemned? What the hell? Well, sometimes he... even apologetic way that oh, he, a person shouldn't. I've, I've read one time a person shouldn't accept a joke or something like that. Someone was writing this in a, in a newspaper. The reason why is because deep down, even feminists realize, as with the Ukraine issue, as wait, what was his example? If you slapped a woman, the reaction would be different, and people are not condemning that. Well, people are condemning him. It wouldn't be condemned the same way. I mean, he is being condemned by most people. I don't understand, but what what is this point? Can somebody decode this for me? Oh yeah, PK saying feminism does not. Uh, discard gender differences. Yeah, exactly. It only take it only ask for individual women not to be restricted to a certain role in society. Yeah, it's not like ignoring the differences. Feminism is not ignoring the differences between men and women. I think you're thinking about some radical people. With the Will Smith issue. They, they realize there is a disparity here in, in the way men are being dealt with versus women are being dealt with. But what, what is this last point? I don't even understand. Like, okay, if he had if he had slapped a woman, she, he would have been condemned. Okay, well, he's also being condemned right now. Once again, if that disparity exists, why not cater for it in social and political life? Are you saying he would have been condemned more? So going back to the point, Will Smith, look, your problem okay. is less about Jada Smith. It's not, you cannot, That's hopefully that's her name, yeah? It's not about that woman. It's more to do with you, bro. Can you, do you know, do you know why? Because you haven't chosen a path for yourself. You haven't chosen a... See, I knew it. He's going to spin it at the very end that in a way to like, I have the solution for your problems path for yourself I think. in relation to morality, in, to, in relation to ideology, in relation to what is the purpose of life. These questions have 
have not been answered by you? I'm not going to give you the answers to these questions right now. It's not the time and place for it. But what I am going to say. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I, I, I called it. He's like, I have the answers. I have the answers, but I'm not going to give it to you right now. Maybe, like, this is like, a, <laughs> come talk to me. Say to you, bro, is that once you remove that cognitive dissonance, which you may have, and I'm not diagnosing you, yeah, but you may have, I'm just putting it out there, and you start thinking about, you know what, if this, if these are the principles, familial, domestic, and so on, principles that I put and live my life with, then I'm gonna, I'm gonna follow it through to its logical conclusion. Because why should you, yeah, have to offer an additional protective role to a woman who doesn't believe that it's in her, it's her right to have it? In fact, yeah. maybe insulting on her paradigm for you to offer such a role. Why should you do that? Yeah, there's well, there's inconsistency between your actions and your ideology. It's because you haven't thought these things through. There are answers to all of this, and it's called Islam. But I'm not going to tell you right that because that might scare you, and you might not talk to me. I just, just, just let. I'm just going to let you know that there's answers to all of this. It makes no sense. Yeah. And with that, I conclude. Goodbye. Hmm. I think I did very good. I think I did very good when it comes to predicting these things. All right, so we did one hour already. So if I start another one, we're going to go way over an hour. So, yeah, I'm going to keep doing this. We did Ali. We, um, I did reviews on Ali Davo videos, Muhammad Hijab videos. Who do you think I should do next? I'm thinking on doing David Wood videos next, a couple of them. Um, and then let me know in the comment who do you think I should do next. But I'm going to come back again to Ali Dava and then come back again on Muhammad Hijab when he has enough videos. And then maybe come back again to David Wood once I've reviewed some of their videos. So if you like that, make sure you subscribe. Make sure you hit the bell notification so you see. Because if you hit subscribe, it's not good enough. YouTube is not going to tell you when we go live. You have to hit the bell notification. And also, to make the channel grow just a tiny bit, maybe like the video so that it encourages YouTube to show this video to more people. Um, yeah, Jack is saying... I gave I give you A plus with the prediction <laughs> predictions, Prophet Armin. <laughs> That's right. Thank you. Um, all right, saying do new age YouTubers. Yeah, that's a good idea as well. Uh, Puya saying Sajid is good, but his videos are a bit long. Yes, yeah, Sajid uh, Sajid videos are hard to review. Um, cool guys, this was fun. Um, yeah, I like doing these videos. I, I enjoy them so. Let me know if you like them as well. And if you did like them, make sure you like the video. All right, guys. I'll see you very soon. We have a lot of streams coming up. So make sure you like and subscribe. Uh, talk to you guys then. Bye.